Hello and welcome to episode 268 of the Veg Grower podcast. My name's Richard and I love to grow food on my allotment and garden. Today is Saturday the 28th of March 2020. I hope everyone out there is enjoying these daily podcasts and it's helping. I'm getting a lot of feedback and a lot of emails that it seems to be reaching the places that we need it to reach, which is fantastic. Now, coming up today, I have got a chat with Saul Walker and Lucy Chamberlain, two people you may have heard from the Talking Heads podcast. Fantastic podcast, and I highly, highly recommend it. But I thought I'd chat to these two and just find out how stately home gardens are coping with this unfortunate problem we find ourselves in. Now, that's coming up in just a moment. But firstly, what have I been up to today? Well, today the wife has been busy in the garden alongside me. We have been trimming back our ivy. Now, regular listeners will know I am trying to remove the ivy in my back garden. It's kind of there as a screening off for an area of a garden that gives us a bit of privacy from anybody else. We inherited this ivy and it's it's. It does a good job at, at what it's there for. Birds seem to love it and there's always birds nesting in it. But it does get quite unruly and I do want to change it. So my wife has been out there hacking it back a lot. Now she's much better at being ruthless with these sort of jobs. I tend to hold myself back. I'm a bit more like, well, I don't want to disturb the birds. Whereas Amanda would just go in there and chop, 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 chop. So she's been busy doing that and it's created a lot of material that I had to run over with a lawnmower and then throw it into the compost bin. I've got more to do on that tomorrow because it's a lot of work and it's quite hard. But that was one of the tasks that we've been up to today. I've continued sorting out my pots down the end of the garden and I've been tidying up that little area and I've started making myself a little outdoor potting bench. Now this is just made out of some scrap wood and an old kitchen worktop just to well working in the shed is great and fine when it's it's miserable outside but sometimes it's just nice to be outside so I've always fancied building myself a little pot and bench and uh, it seemed like a good time so I've built the frame so far I'm going to paint it tomorrow and then attach all the rest together and then that'll be ready to go Now that's what I've been up to today, but as always, please let me know what you've been up to in your own garden or allotment. Right, well, today, joining me on the line in the Podden Shed, I have got two fantastic people that I have met at Gardener's World Live, had them on the podcast before. It's Lucy Chamberlain and Sol Walker. How are you guys doing? Richard, we are doing very well. We're fine and dandy. How are you? Yeah, I can't complain. Well, I can complain, but everyone's in the same (laughs) boat, so... We're making yeah, the best out of this situation. It's, a, it's been a weird old week, but at least the sun's shining. I must say spring is definitely happening outdoors. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, I was going to say, it's been a beautiful week. It's been a beautiful week. It has been, yeah. It's been great to go get outside in the garden while not being able to work, but it's been great outside. Now, obviously, you guys both run uh, very large estate gardens, so you're still out there in the sun and maintaining your gardens. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we are. We, we've made sure that we put some caveats in place to ensure we're working safely. Yeah. Um, so we obviously have had to get our heads around quite a lot of, of logistics at the beginning of the week and um, make sure that we are able to still look after the gardens, but do so in a, in a way that doesn't put anybody at risk at all. But yeah, I, I say um, I've had a 
when I've been at the garden, apart from instead of trying to sort all the logistics out, I just have a day digging or or being out there with the birds, and, and it's been absolutely heavenly, really, really good, very calming, very isolated, and, and just delicious, to be honest. Mm, it's been strange um, down in Devon for me, in that uh, we've unfortunately we've had to lay off all our other gardeners, so I'm on my own. Uh, I've, the garden is 16 acres. There's three acres of lawn to mow. Uh, there's borders all over the place, vegetable garden. So last week was probably the most difficult period because I had to get rid of the gardeners last week. So I've been on my own since then. This week, I'm starting to revel in it a little bit because I've gone back to what I was always used to be, which is just a hands-on gardener. So it's hard work, but yeah, I'm really enjoying, especially with the sunshine. Let's hope the sun keeps shining, keep our spirits going. You've been aching in places that you've not ached in before oh. for a long, long time, haven't you? I'm, gl <laughs> I'm glad it's the weekend. That's all I can say. <laughs> so it sounds like this has really changed your usual gardening routine with what's going on. Yeah, I think it's changed our focus. I think that's what we've both found. We both mm. in our uh, respective estates have got, for example, vegetable gardens and, and, uh, and fruit, fruit trees and bushes and cane fruit and all that. And for me, I've had um, predominantly this week, I have been in the kitchen garden sowing a massive amount of stuff for the hall owners, um, they've got a big, uh, it's a two-third of an acre walled kitchen garden, which is absolutely lovely to be in. And so I'm, my plan is to fill up those beds in that garden with as much salad and um, greens and fruit, all, all sorts of things. So that's what I've been doing. I think, Saul, so you've been doing something quite similar, haven't you? Well, uh, next week I'm going to be using something similar. Um, this week, uh, w one of the problems when I uh, when I had to tell my gardeners, unfortunately, we, we wouldn't require their services. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be changing back to the the old stones. I had a ten ton mulch delivery delivered, which I hadn't thought about cancelling. So this week I have been shoveling for for my life. Uh, luckily, I've got a good old Devon shovel. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what a Devon shovel is, it's the best tool on the planet. Um, but it makes mulching a lot easier, um, but it's still a lot of hard graft. So five days I have shifted mulch like no one shifted mulch before. Um, next week I'm going to do a little bit little bit an easier job. I, I really need to get into the veg garden. Obviously all our early sowings are coming through. Uh, got true leaves all over the place, but now I need to start on the later second sowings and also those later uh, veg you grow, your squashes, your sweet corn, or your mm. French beans, all those things that just require a little bit more heat to get them going. So yeah. that's hopefully going to be next week, which hopefully won't be so bad on my shoulders. So you and I, we've literally swapped weeks because like, this week mm. for me was kitchen garden, next week is mulching, and you've you've done mulching this last week, and now mm. next week for you, kitchen garden. So, mm. yeah, we're on it. Basically, we're, we're making the gardens look nice for the owners, but we're also thinking about productivity and uh, getting some food on the plates, basically. Yeah, I think one of the real problems for us is not knowing the future. And that's one of the problems with this situation as it keeps going. We're very lucky in that, like we've already said, we're quite isolated at our gardens. So we can continue working in a very safe manner, which means at the moment the garden's progressing like it would sort of usually uh, during a normal year. But mm. we only need to have just a change in the stipulations uh, for the UK lockdown and, and then we'll be locked out of our gardens, which will be a real shame because we have got lots going on. And, and one of the things we've said um previously to each other is our garden's uh, nature isn't slowing down. In fact, it's actually getting faster. 
as the spring progresses and the temperatures go up. So things are happening outside that we really need to get onto. So I think if we're stuck in our houses, I think that's really going to affect our uh, mental health in some ways because we're going to yeah. just be thinking, oh, I wish I could get to the garden just to do this and that. We've both actually said as well, because our estates are so large, we've got like a 100 acre estate at East Ireland and Saul's, yours is, again, very sizable. Uh, we actually both feel more isolated and safer on our estates than we do on our own back gardens. I mean, Saul, so you live um, in a, a relatively built up area. And we, mm. although I'm in a village, we, we were in a um, semi-detached house and there's rows of um, back gardens all onto each other. Whereas when I was, um, last week, I was sowing the uh, annual wildflower meadow at the hall. And Ian, my husband and I were just in um, a, about an acre sized field. We just rotivated it up and we were sowing seeds and we didn't see a soul all day. So. Uh, I'm personally hoping that I can continue to work because I do feel safer there than at home. But we'll, as you say, we'll have to see. It's always changing. So if we have to be at home, I don't mind being in my garden one little bit. Well, that seems a nice nice point to start asking about what's going on in your home gardens then. Anything exciting <laughs> going on there? Uh, you know, I'm... I'm my greenhouse is... Uh, I don't know if anyone follows me on Twitter, but I've, I've this year I've uh, managed to get a greenhouse in the garden and my goodness I have spent so much time in this building Ian and I um we always have meals in there if we can do we have cups of coffee but also obviously I'm sowing an awful lot of stuff um what I'm trying to do and again this might all change depending on how the situation evolves but I'm growing for myself but I'm also growing plants um ornamentals and uh, edibles that I want to sell if I can at the end of my driveway for charitable causes because I was going to open my garden this year because um, there's a couple of charities I want to raise money for so I've been literally sewing my socks off um, I sewed some rocket three days ago it's already up I've got basil on the go lettuces dill um, oh, so I've put some peas out into the garden we've got our first early new potatoes in the ground we've got some also in the greenhouse in in bags there's there's so much stuff french beans are on the go now i've got a heat mat in my propagator area so i I, i've been sowing a few early things that i know are for example french beans are self-pollinating so you don't need the bees to access the flowers so um i'm going to grow some in the greenhouse early and then my main sowing for outdoor french beans will be sometime more in um maybe two three weeks time mid-april something like that so yeah lots lots going on so, whereas Lucy is very much uh, the fruit and veg uh, queen of Essex, <laughs> as I describe her, my garden, because I live in Devon and in that part of Devon where we very rarely get any frosts, uh, quite warm down here, uh, quite a, we've had a very mild winter this winter, for example, I grow uh, a lot of exotics and uh, tropical plants, so gingers, bananas, um, brugmansia, which are the angel's trumpets, Colocasia, Alocasia, a lot of hardy orchids. Um, I never describe my garden to anyone as a garden. There's no design or, or um, sort of layout to it. It's just a collection of plants. I think the last time I catalogued the whole place is about 270 individual plants. So I very much uh, am a, a collector of, of things that I really enjoy. So yeah, I, I try to grow things that are a lot harder to grow in the UK unless you um, like Lucy, I have a greenhouse, but I also have two overwintering polytunnels, which I keep a lot in, 
Um, so yeah, I try and get away with things that not everyone can. And the main focus for me is it has to have amazing leaves, either huge leaves or really fancy leaves, or it has to have really fancy flowers. So orchids, passion flowers, gingers, all those kind of things. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting you say bananas because I had a, well, I've still got two banana trees that I've just pot out into my cold frame to start getting them used to outside. Now they are, okay. They are hardy, and I'm in pretty mm. mild area here, but I still bring them in over the winter just to be on the safe side. It's, it, but I think it's amazing that we can grow these plants that are considered exotic, but we can still mm. grow them where in this country. Yeah. Well, the one, yeah. one, the one example with the bananas is a good one because um, it used to be that everyone thought there was just the one banana, which is Cavendish, which is the ones you get in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. actually the, the the genus which is musa is quite widely spread so probably the one that you've got is called musa basju and that's actually called the hardy japanese banana it's from one of the japanese islands that are further south so they do get frosts there so actually it is quite tough i've got musa basju i've got about uh, seven different species but musa basju has been the only one that i've left out all winter and i actually noticed uh, this morning as i was doing my watering it's put on a new leaf so it's been growing for most of the winter so if you have a, a quite mild area or a quite a mild microclimate you can actually get away with some of these more exotic plants quite well yeah mm. i am very envious of your location down in devon because i've been looking at your your twitter videos and you've got cherries and magnolias and roses in full flower whereas mine mm. is still in essex a good two three weeks behind you so um mm. I'm, i know what's coming around the corner for me in in, in that the cherries will, will look beautiful when they start flowering and there's a magnolia that's still just in bud um and I'm, i know it's going to come into flower this week and i can't wait for that to happen because it's under underplanted with loads and loads of pheasant eye narcissi which looks the combination of the white narcissi and the white magnolia looks absolutely stunning at the gardens um but yeah I want some of that mildness here. I've, that's why I've got the greenhouse on the go. Um, we've got uh, things like, going back to the edibles, I've got lemongrass on the go this year as well. And things like shiso, which is the perilla, um, which has got a lovely sort of aniseed minty flavour to it. So I'm trying, like Saul, to kind of go into edibles that, that are also slightly tender, a little bit more exotic. Um, I say we've got lemongrass, ginger, galangal those sorts of things that people can grow if they want to just add a bit of variety to their to their cuisine and, and maybe knock up a, a Thai green curry, something like that. Mm. Um, chili peppers, I, I sowed back in January. They're on a heat mat again in the greenhouse. So, um, yeah, that was that was one of my kind of like goals this year is to try and grow a few more unusual things now that I've got that greenhouse and I could sow some things that maybe needed a bit more heat and protection. Um, I love things like the you know, my sort of the garlic and peas and runner and French beans. and But I, I, I do get quite excited that now as gardeners, the in the Grow Your Own movement, it seems to be that we're looking more and more at these um, more exotic uh, flavours and tastes and things. I think that's all it's going to do is improve our culinary uh, repertoire and, and just get us more excited about getting into the garden, which is fantastic. You've just reminded me, Lucy, l uh, last year's Gardener's World Life, didn't you buy a Szechuan pepper? I did, yeah. I've got it is in the this, greenhouse. Is it still going? That'll yeah, be an interesting thing to follow. Yeah, I've also got uh, the uh, fajoa, uh, which okay. is uh, yeah the pineapple guava. So that's that's uh, looking. It's, it's in the greenhouse at the minute because it's again not fully fully hardy. Um, and that actually, I'm I'm toying with planting that out full time against a sunny border because where I am in Essex, we have um, uh, just outside Colchester, we've got really light sandy soil. 
So it does allow me to get away with planting things outside year round that are more tender because it doesn't get wet and waterlogged in the winter. It's it's and it also warms sandy soils warm up really quickly quickly in the spring. So yeah, I'm I'm pushing the boundaries to a degree. Not like you in Devon, you're you're much milder than we are. But it's it's nice to try these uh, more unusual plants and crops just to see what happens. Well, I can say with the pineapple guava, I've got one of those plants in my garden. It stays around all year round. It stays outside yeah. all year round. So I think where you are, it'd probably be okay as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think as they get bigger. Mm. They get more robust and, and hardier, don't they? My my plant's tiny at the moment, um, but yeah. When a, I know at Wisley Gardens, when I worked there, they had one against the south wall of the laboratory building, and that was again, you know, they, uh, in Wisley, it's like green sands or the green Surrey sands. So that was that's what when I thought, ah, oh, actually, I'd like to try one of those as well and see if I can get away with it. So it's lovely to know that you do as well. Mm. It's similar with a lot of exotics. Actually, uh, they are a lot uh, tender when they're smaller. But actually, if you can get them up to a particular size, they become a lot hardier and they can withstand the frost a bit more or they tend to die off a little and then put on new growth. Whereas if they're smaller and they die off, they tend to not be able to grow back so much. So it's worth if you're going to grow some exotics and you've got only small plants, try growing them under protection for a few years and then you can stick them out and hopefully uh, get better plants because they do do lots of these plants do do better in open soil than they do in pots mm. so really worth trying that great 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 ideas well i think we've been talking for long enough about all this now so this has been absolutely great and i'm sure the listeners really enjoyed having this this conversation if anybody wants to find out more about you because you do have your own podcast where do they go are you going to do it all over <laughs> <laughs> It's not the Talking Heads. Talking Heads has got its own. It's the talk, what's the website address? It's Talking Heads. Oh, I, uh, our, podcast, our podcast is called. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you can edit this properly. Yes. So if they want to find more about us, uh, Richard, they can go to the talkingheadspodcast.co.uk website. We have a podcast called Talking Heads. It's basically aimed at people who are very interested in learning what professional horticulturists get up to in their own garden especially uh, as head gardeners um we have recently switched the way we uh, formatted the podcast because with the the coronavirus crisis going on we realized people might like to hear a little bit more regular content from our gardens especially since we're able to still go to them so we've now uh, doing very regular 15 minute chats about what's going on um and if people want to find us on our social media uh my twitter account is at gardening Saul. And Lucy? Uh, I'm uh, Head Gardener Elsie. And you'll find us. We put videos, photos up. And please do get in touch with us. Please, if you want questions answered, we're, we're there. We're very friendly. We won't bite anyone's heads off for answering any kind of question. There's no question too stupid. Um, we're quite happy to do that. Yeah, but don't forget that Saul's currency is sausages and mine is digestive biscuits. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and hopefully we'll get you back on in the future, and uh, hopefully we'll be able yeah, to do a, a proper podcast where we're actually chatting, sat down with oh, each other. That would be well, lovely, finger, wouldn't it? Fingers crossed BBC Gardeners World will be on next year, and we'll be able to uh, meet up and have a good chat, hey? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much, Richard. Thank Thanks. you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat. I absolutely love chatting to those two. I have such a laugh with them. 
Now, please do check out their podcast. It's called the Talking Heads podcast. And it is really quite interesting to see and hear what goes on on these sort of gardens. Well, for today, as always, thank you so much for joining me again. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please take care and I'll speak to you again next time. <laughs>